<laughs> I love coming to this house. Wow. Man, oh man, oh man. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for, Lord, just bringing us in your presence. I mean, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for, for dying for us. Thank you for, for putting your son up for us. That you saw, saw a need, that you saw a need in the garden, that you saw a problem, and you said, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my own son. Something that I couldn't do, Lord. But you did it. Why? Because of us. Because you said, we want you, you, you want us to spend time with you in eternity. You want us to be with you in eternity. So the only way that we can do that is get to get out of it is by the blood of your son. Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you so much. I thank you, Father. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Can we just give it up for this, this worship team? Man, wow. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know y'all are like, who in the world is this guy? And what's he doing? And where Pastor Josh? Where's Where's Pastor Josh? And I'm like, yeah, he'll he'll. Hey, the the real preacher will be back next week, or the week after, or the week after. I don't know. He's uh, enjoying his. Uh, I'm seeing his travels. Him and Kelly. It's awesome. But um, you know, I, I just want to. My name is Keith, and and we were here at when we we've been through the changes. It's, it's kind of. Um, it's kind of a full circle type thing. We, we were, I grew up in Douglasville, uh, in, in Carroll County, <clears throat> excuse me, and then um, I came over and, and went to Fairburn Road Church of God in Douglasville, and so at this, I'm telling my age now. Um, so then, when you guys were actually over in the old church, um, we, I came there as a, as a kid and, and played drums, and still Pastor Donna never remembers that. Um, <laughs> but it was so much fun. And then, you know, went back, and then as, as adults, we ended up just connecting with people here. <coughs> Pardon me, I'm battling a little bit. Um, but, so, so as adults, we've, we've been here for, for quite some time. I, I love Pastor Josh and Pastor Kelly and Pastor Jeremy, and, and, and Pastor Rachel. I mean, aren't they just wonderful? I mean, <coughs> you know I want to. Please. Y'all pardon me. I, I may have to. Um, but I, I absolutely love them. I mean, just the grace and the hospitality. Uh, Pastor Josh, him and I have been going back and forth on text, and Pastor Jeremy, I've asked him, you know, not to harm me about two or three times this week. Um, uh, my, my message didn't... I told him it was a developing message. I don't know if you've ever, ever had that before where you're just like, it's just developing. Right. You know, it just continues to develop and develop and develop. And, and last night, I literally sat down at 9.30 last night, and the Lord just began to speak, and three pages came out of it. Amen. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm loving that. I've asked him, and thank you so much for the hospitality, for the grace, and, and, and for our tech team for helping me with this. And... Um, you know, and, and I just do, I want to I thank my family for being here today. I've got my, my wife and my, my daughter here, and my son's back in, the, um, in, in, in our kids' ministry. So you can see them there. We've got an awesome picture there. And um, <coughs> also we have, I, I think she's about nine months old now, the, the terror of our house. Yeah, she, um, she literally twice got my shoes this morning and ran. So we're, we're uh, constantly chasing after her with shoes. <coughs> Pardon me. Good gracious alive. Um, so, and I also have my dad with us today. I mean, it's just awesome to, um, to see that, to have Miss Pat here with us as well. And, and we also have my mom and my stepdad back here this morning uh, with us. And, and this is... I, I will say this, if you only knew the story, everybody has a story, right? Everybody has a story, and, and you know, 
this is where I want to talk to you about today, and, and we're going to dive in, and, and I'll look, go ahead and let you get prepared. It's going to be a few verses, but it's Colossians 3, so if you want to go ahead and turn there and, and hold there for a minute, <coughs> I'll give you a little history behind this while you're finding it, and we're going to start with verse 1, but the Apostle Paul wrote this letter uh, of Colossians to the church at Colossae. It was probably written somewhere around 62 AD. Now you have to keep in mind, Paul was in prison. Like they, they, <laughs> this guy was the, um, was the guy that was killing Christians. Okay. He was killing all kinds of people just for fun because they were speaking Christ. And then one day Paul on a road has an experience. Have you ever had an experience? That just, like, it just sinks in your head and it just sits in your head and, and you, you, you always tell people about this. Well, this is, what, this is what he had. He had an experience. He had an experience with Jesus, though. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Imagine having an experience where you're just walking down the road and you're, you're killing Christians, you're killing people that are following after Christ, and then all of a sudden, the one who, are, who, who you are killing people because they worship, is standing right in front of you. Yeah. Imagine that. Jeez. Imagine the one that you're, you're talking about comes to you and confronts you. But it wasn't a confrontation. It was a changing. It was a life-changing event. Okay? So for him, he switched from, which his name was Saul. Okay? And when, I'm telling you, when you have an interaction with Jesus, he changes things. He changes things from what the earth says that you are to what he says you should be, what you were meant to be. It says in, in the very beginning, let's make man in our own image. <coughs> Jesus knew you before you were even born. And I'm telling you right now, he will change you when you have an encounter with him. So this is like, this time was about the time that he wrote Ephesians. And, and, and Philemon and, and all the other, so these two, these three letters kind of were put together, okay? So then, uh, you know, if, if you guys are looking for, if anybody's pregnant in here and looking for a good name for their boy, um, it was actually sent by, by Tychus, Tychus, I believe his name was, is Tychus, so if you're looking for a boy name, you're welcome. Um, and Onesimus, there you go, two of them right there all in one day, the second one was for free. So... These were sent because, of course, he's in prison. You know, he's, he's in prison. He has nowhere to go. So how do you get stuff out? You write letters. But you'll have to understand that he's in prison this whole time and still praising God, still getting the word out. I mean, and I, I want to talk to you about that today because this is what we're challenged with. We're challenged with getting the word out, and I don't see any of y'all in prison right now. Every single one of you are here. You're in this building. You have the ability to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ without persecution. I mean, I'm telling you, if you walk out there today, there's not a police officer that's going to walk up to you and say, oh, you said the name Jesus? I'm going to put you in jail. Not a single one. But yet we don't. But here's a man that turns around and writes letters, three-quarters of, of the New Testament... From prison. Mm -hmm. Now that takes something. That takes something. So <clears throat> Colossians is, it's like Christ is Lord over all creation. He wants these people to know this because this, this was a, they were going down a bad road. This church was going down that new age road. Thinking that they could do whatever they wanted to and still get into heaven. That's dangerous. Yeah. Super dangerous because... They're going outside the will of God. So this was a warning to the church. This was, this was Paul being very strong towards them and saying this is what we need to do. So let's turn over. I'm going to jump right in to Colossians 3, and, and we're going to go through verse 17. And, and bear with me real quick because it is a lot, but it all goes together, okay? I promise not to keep you here at least past 3, so we're good. I promise. Uh, I, I was asked earlier, how long are you going to preach? And I said, my, my, my preaching is in response to your response. So the more amens that we get, the, the shorter I, I preach. So 
good. Absolutely. So, let's start right here in verse 1. It says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is... When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. There's a lot to unpack right here. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And what yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, everybody say, but now. Yeah. You yourselves are put off all these, are to put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Come on. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Don't lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man. Man, this is going to step on some toes. Sorry. Not sorry. And have, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is in all and in all. Amen. Is all and in all. Sorry about that. Therefore... Number uh, verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on the tenderness, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you so that you also must do. But above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, yes. to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Yes. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns. It didn't say by bad words. It says psalms and hymns. Yeah. And spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, everybody say, whatever you do. In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for, for allowing me to be here and being this house, Lord. Father, I just ask that you just bless this word today. Lord, bless your word. Lord, decrease me as you increase today, Father. Don't let me be seen, but Lord, let you be seen. Um, Lord, I just thank you for what you have spoken. Thank you for the words of Paul. Thank you for, for putting him into the Bible that he can teach us how to reach you even more. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So, like I said, it's a lot to unpack. Man, we could be here all day. I, I, I mean, I could pull probably, you know, 10, 20 sermons out of this. But <coughs> I am going to give a thousand foot overview. Okay, so right off the bat, Paul got pretty, um, he got pretty serious, okay, because he made it plain and clear who the audience was very quickly. It wasn't, oh, because some of his other letters were, oh, to the church, we love you and we thank you. No, he said, if then. <laughs> he said, if then. And, and, and here's the reason why. It says, if then you are raised with Christ. So he's, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to Christians, right? He's not talking to the unbelievers. He's saying, church, listen. There's a reason that I'm writing you. Listen up, you hardheads. Listen up, because if then you are raised with Christ. So I, I want to show right there that Paul... Begin those words with, if then, you are raised with Christ. Paul wants us to know that there's a choice. There's a choice. You can either serve God 
serve Jesus, follow after Jesus, or you can serve Satan. He wanted you to know there's a choice. It's your choice to choose. God can't choose it for you. That's why he sent his son. Because there's a choice. So, as Joshua says, as far as, as for me and my house, we're going to choose to serve the Lord. So you have a choice to choose. You can sit there today and choose to follow Satan and stay in the nasty ways, or you can choose Christ. It's up to you. And there's nobody going to force you to do it, I promise you. But I tell you, I, I don't, I don't want to see the consequences of this. And in that, when we move down, I mean, that, that being in verse 1, it says, you know, set your minds on things above. I mean, I, I got to thinking about this last night, and it's, you know, setting my things, you know, what does he want us to do? Does he want us to sit around all day long and, and, and figure out, like, oh, just think about all the angels. Oh, you know, the throne of God and, and the river flowing through it and the... Yes, yes. He wants you to think about all that, but, but I think what he's talking about right here is he's encouraging them to go out and think about the things that are higher than you. And what is higher than you? What's higher than you is the fact that your neighbor next door to you doesn't know Christ. Okay? Your neighbor next door doesn't know Christ. Your, the, your co-worker doesn't know Christ. Those are the higher things that he wants you to think about. Don't think about, yes, we have to think about work. Yes, we have to think about mowing the grass. We have to think about all kinds of things. But he wants us to think about, what can I do as a Christ follower? He gave us the great commission, go unto all the world and preach the gospel. He wants people to live with him. So he's, he's put it in us and said, you're going to do greater things than I've ever done. Yeah. Think about that. That's, that's a level up. Like, for Christ to say, I'm going to leave from here, and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to live in each one of you, because he was only one man. If you notice, there wasn't miracles happening all over the place. It was happening where he was. But now, we have the Holy Spirit. What does that do? It distributes the power and the keys to the kingdom that the Lord has given us. We have authority. We've been given authority. What's the Holy Spirit's job? Is to do. Our job is to do. The Father speaks it. Jesus gives authority because of the blood, and we're to do it. So we do it in his name, right? So if we're sitting here and thinking of things above, we need to think about our neighbor who is going straight to hell. If we don't, listen, if then, <laughs> we don't talk to them. They're going to go to hell and live an eternal life burning in hell. I know that's fire and brimstone preaching, but that's what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not going to be fun. There's not seven levels like, you know, Dante had. There's not seven levels. There's one. And it's going to be hell. It's going to be hell. And it's going to be eternity after eternity after eternity after eternity. That's it. We don't have a second chance. This is our chance. So... I say, get out, think of the things of heaven, and bring it to earth. Talk with your neighbor. Talk with your friend. You know, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be pushing it on them. Live your life. And I, we're going to jump into that, but live your life for Christ. Amen. Live your life for Christ. So those are the heavenly things, not on things of this earth. But if you, for you died and your life was hidden. Listen to that. You died. When you accepted Christ in your life, you died. Look at your neighbor and say, you died. And you know what? Things have to die so that Christ can resurrect them. Things have to die so Christ can resurrect them. Living things don't re become resurrected. Things have to die. And stuff has to be cut off, too. So, when Christ, who is our life, appears, I, I love this because this is giving, this confirms that 
Jesus was on the earth, okay, and your life was hidden with Christ. It says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Let's stop right there. This is Paul confirming for us. Jesus was here. He lived for 33 years. Died on the cross a miserable death. And rose again. I love how he confirmed that. Because he said there's still a chance. There's still a chance. So, let's, let's, let's look. Let's, let's, let's move on to verse 5. So, therefore put to death your members. Now, this, this is going to hurt. I know you're probably thinking, well, I don't have any of these. Well, you do in some way. Because, see, even Paul, who was Saul, by living the way he was, was causing Christians to go away from Jesus. The way that you live every single day, the way that you act, the way that you speak, the way that you treat people can either do one of two things. It can either bring people to Christ or push them away from them. That's why he says right here, put off, put to death. Therefore, put to death. This is another put to death. Man, there's a lot of death in this. Why? Things have to be pushed off. It has to be changed. Right. Absolutely, it has to be changed. You can't walk in Christ and live for the devil all at the same time. It says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Okay? We can look at all this. These are, these are very strong things. I mean, you can, you can probably look at that and go, you know what? Yeah, I, I don't have any fornication. I mean, uncleanliness, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there may be a few things. Passion. What are we passionate about? Are we passionate about the latest phone that just came out? Are we passionate about the next show that we get to watch? Are we passionate about, what are we passionate about? Are we passionate about teaching our kids how to live a life for Christ, or are we just going to let the public school do it? Because we know how that's going to happen. There's evil desire. Man, I'm going to tell you what, there's some evil desire, man. Oh, if I could just get that million-dollar check. Oh, amen. Yeah, preach it. <laughs> Evil desire right there and covetousness. And when's the last time that the neighbor pulled up in the driveway with a brand new vehicle and you went, boy, I sure do wish I had that. You saw something new that your neighbor had, your friend had, and instead of being happy for him, you were, you coveted it. You wanted it. I've done it. Oh, yeah, I've done it. You know, that's... So what happens? But we have to put that off. We have to put that off. But being a Christian, we have to turn around and ask for forgiveness for that. We have to ask for forgiveness. Oh my, my word, Lord, I am so sorry. I am so sorry for that evil desire to want to take that million dollars that I got and spend it on me, Lord. Lord, let me give that. Tell me where to send it. Let me be that vessel that you give it to that I can write that million dollar check and nothing ever it don't even cross my mind but to sign it out to where you need it to go. Amen. You ever thought about that? But we sit there and think about what could we do with a million dollars. I'm sitting here going, man, what, what, how, many, how many people can my church reach with a million dollars? How many people could I feed with a million dollars? What could I do? It's a lot of stuff there. But we're, I, I mean, Paul says, therefore, put it to death. Kill it. Pull it up. Pull it up by the roots. Because I'm telling you if, you, if you just cut it off, there's still roots. I know this by gardening. They'll come right back up. I pull weeds every day. If I cut them off at the top, they come right back up. Pull them up by the roots, and they won't come back. 
You have to get down to that root of the problem. What happened, what happened when you were, when you, were uh, you know, five years old, six years old, seven-year-old, and you were over at your aunt and uncle's house and you found the Ouija board up in the closet? You sat down and started getting into that. What happened? That's a root. That's a root. And those roots go deep. They continue and they continue and then they jump generations to generations to generations. And now you're finding yourself and you're wondering why your child who is sitting here and your grandchild is disobedient and won't listen to their parents, won't do anything, and is out here doing stuff that you had no idea about and you're trying to figure it out. It's all because it travels with you. There's a root and it's never been pulled up. Stop it. Stop it with you. Put to death. Death is pulling it up by the root. Amen. I'm telling you, when Christ pulls us up by the root, and when he brings us out of here, he's going to pull us up by the roots. Amen. There ain't nothing going to be left here. So, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Wow. That's heavy. There's wrath. We haven't seen wrath. We haven't seen God's wrath. In this day and age, we haven't seen God's wrath. But I'm going to tell you, when he parts a Red Sea and swallows up tens of thousands of people, that's wrath. That's wrath. When he destroys a whole city because of stuff like this, that's wrath. You know, we, we say it nowadays. We look in the news and go, oh, my goodness. What happened over there in Brazil was just by, by happenstance. No. It was wrath. You don't, you don't worship the devil one day and then turn around and think that God's not going to do something about it. He's not going to be mocked. I promise you God is not going to be mocked. He is going to vengeance his mind, says the Lord. And I say today, if you've got any hate in your heart, if you've got vengeance towards somebody in your heart, stop it. Because it's his. If you take your vengeance out upon somebody, that's what they're going to get. And I'm telling you, God, can, God will and can will stand up for you and will do more for you than you could ever do yourself. Stop going after people. We're called, and I'm going I'm to show you, we're called to do something different. We're called to be different. So, again, verse 4, going back to that, that is confirmation of what Jesus said. Christ, who is in our life, appears. Christ said to Thomas, he said, I go and I prepare a place for you. He says, in my Father's house, in John 14, 2 through 6, he says, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you so. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself. Amen. So that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. I love this. You know the way to where I'm going. And then Thomas, I love Thomas. He's, he's such a, I, I picture him as this little kid. Because he was always doubting every dang thing. Do you really have something in your pocket? Do you really have something in your hand? Yeah, I do. Show me. Yeah, I don't believe you. Show me. You know, and it says to him, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. I spent the first Gosh, I, I would say eight to ten years of my life sitting in church, and when you think the kids aren't learning anything, that verse right there sat right here. Sat right, right there in front of the pastor. I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. I memorized that. Why? Because it's important. We have to know which way we're going. So again, let's, let's recap. So verses 1 through 4, let's recap there. Seek the things which are above, okay? Stop seeking things here. Stop thinking. And, and Jesus said it too. Stop, stop putting up treasures here. Yeah. Treasures here mean nothing. Amen. Guys, he, he, 
How many of you have on something like gold this morning? A gold necklace, gold ring, something. God paves his streets with that. What we see as precious, he sees as pavement. He sees his pavement. God thinks highly. God thinks differently. You're more precious than that. It, he, he, he said, I'm going to bring you here because I want you to be on my pavement of gold. What you saw was precious. It's no, nowhere even precious to me. What's precious to me is you. I'm going to prepare a place. Yeah. So, let's jump and, and go back down here to... I love it because we're looking in, you know, verse 5 through 11, and something that we've learned in our, our time, we, we did our first garden this year, uh, in-ground in garden. It's been, it's been doing good, okay? There's been some things happening. Um, if any of you guys know what a tobacco hornworm is, these suckers are evil and mean, and they love your tomato plants, so... Uh, oh, they'll eat your, your tomato plants really quickly. Um, but you have to exterminate them and feed them to the chickens. So that's the way you deal with them. So, but with the tomato, I don't know if you knew this. So when a tomato plant begins to grow from a seed, you turn around and, and you see two little leaves pop up. And then more leaves pop up. And then more leaves pop up. And it continues on. But those first two leaves were there in the beginning to suck up water to grow, to make that plant strong. But over time, those two leaves become suckers of nutrients. They serve no purpose. Now they're creating shoots at the bottom, and they serve no purpose other than to get disease, to suck water from the plant. I mean, they, they serve no purpose. So that's when they're about two or three feet tall. So what you have to do is you actually have to take those leaves and cut and, and those shoots and cut them off if you want things to grow. Because the more they touch the ground, if, if you have things on a tomato plant touch the ground, disease will begin to creep up on them. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Why? Because of just what I said earlier. The devil has been cursed to run the ground. There's disease. He's a disease. And will get up into things and begin to corrupt things and begin to pull nutrients out of things that are trying to grow and grow fruit. Okay? So in that, what do we do? We cut those off. And in the same way it is with us, from birth, we're, we're, we're perfect from birth, right? Are we perfect from birth? No. We're born into sin. So there's something within us but it's a matter of how we deal with that once we grow. Okay? We serve a purpose. As we grow, we have those leaves that, that serve a purpose. Okay? But as we grow, things, let me, let me go back, things, things, things. We have to go back and look. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire have to be what? Put to death and cut off. Because things grow in us and on us because of experiences because of who we hang around with, because of what we do, what we intake, what we watch. I, I love, I had a pastor say this one time. He said, you need to put bouncers. He goes, it's just like a club. Your body is like a club, okay? Track with me here. Your body is like a club, and every club needs bouncers. Here, 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 here. Every place that something can get in, you need protection. Put a bouncer there. Don't let them in. Watch what, you, watch what you say. Watch what you see on TV. Watch what you see on your phone. Watch what you hear through music. It's important. And we have to put those things off. So everything that we're given from birth is for God's glory. But over time, we develop things in our life that suck things from us, okay? They become, instead of helping us, now they're sucking things from us. And now, it causes us to be separated 
from the purpose that Jesus put in us and the fruit that he's called us to produce. And we don't understand why that we're sitting here and nothing is happening good in our life. It's because something is sucking the life out of us. Something in our mind is sucking the life out of us and we're not thinking properly. We look over here at this person and man, they are just killing it. Which probably on the top side, you're like, man, they're killing it, but they're paddling like a duck under the water. But what it is, is how do we live our life? We put to death those old things, but we produce good fruit in the meantime. When we cut those off, and I promise you, when you begin to cut these things off, you're going to see fruit come out of that. Because it, it's inevitable. My tomato plants, when we begin to cut things off, things begin to grow. Now, does that mean that a, this tobacco hornworm is not going to get on there? No. We have to spray that sucker. We have to put things on there for it to keep it off of there. Things are going to come on us, but you have to be aware of them. Look for them. And when they come along, pluck them off. Throw them to the chickens. You know, throw them. Throw them. We have to get rid of them. So, I'm going to jump down to verse 10 real quick. And, well, let's say right here just a second. In verse 8, but now yourselves are to put off all these. Here's, here's another level. So we're putting to death one thing, but he's saying put off these. Why? Because he knows we're going to do it. These right here are emotions. They're, they're emotions. It says put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language out your mouth. That one hurts. Literally. Smack your finger with a, with, a, with a hammer and see what happens. It's in us. Why did he say put it off? It's because he knows we're going to do it. We're going to have anger towards somebody. We're going to have wrath towards somebody. We're going to have malice towards somebody. But you know what that does? It causes people, and when they see a, a Christian over here, and, and you're going to church on Sunday morning, and you're on, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you're on the praise team, you're serving in the parking lot, you're, you're serving in the kids' ministry, and you're out here getting something to eat, and you're blessing a, a, a waitress out because she didn't bring you the right food or it's cold, and that church person sitting over here that was on the edge of giving their life to Christ this week and said to me, Lord, send me somebody. Show me somebody. I, I, just, I can just trust you, Lord. And they see that, they go, oh. If that's what Jesus is all about, then I don't want none of that. Stop it. Put this stuff off. Be conscious of what you're doing. Be conscious of what you're saying. Be conscious of how you're acting. Because when you, when you take wrath upon yourself, again, God says, okay, I'm out of it. You've done it. You've done it. And I promise you, wrath is not going to make you feel better. It just causes you to go into sin. But when you say, oh God, Lord, I know what they did to me wrong. We follow, we follow the prayer that Jesus says, forgive, those, forgive us of our trespasses and then forgive those who trespassed against us. When we do that, we release. We release the hold that the devil has on us. Each one of these things, I want you to look, there's, there's keys all throughout this thing. You have anger is a key. Wrath is a key. Malice is a key. Blasphemy is a key. Filthy language is a key. Jesus has always given us king, keys to the kingdom and wondering what we're going to do with them. How you unlock a door with these keys determines how others see you. Okay? And we have the ability to change how we operate with these keys. We hold a lot of them. And I'll go back to where it says in Genesis 1, we've been given dominion. Yeah. Yeah. God gave man dominion over everything upon this earth. Everything. 
So I absolutely love, I absolutely love verse 10 right here. Let me read it. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created it. I love it. It's another confirmation. This is another confirmation that we were created by the Godhead. You were uniquely created to who you are. To do a certain purpose, to be a certain person, you were created from the very beginning, man and woman, nothing else, nothing more. Man and woman from the very beginning to glorify God and to reach people for Jesus. Anything outside of that becomes sin and it separates us from the Father. So it says, that's another confirmation that we are created. We are created by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in their image. And God said, let us make man in our own image. According to our own likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock, all all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, I love this. This serpent. Y'all imagine though, before this, he was walking. He was walking. He was upright walking. And how do I know that? Because it says, because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat of the dust all the days of your life. He cursed him to the ground and turned around and gave us dominion over that ground. He gave us the key to every kingdom here upon this earth. That's why Jesus responded to him the way he did in the desert. Because he knew he had no keys. He has nothing. We give him keys. We give him anger. We give him wrath. We give him malice. We hand over stuff to the devil that he can use against us and against everybody else. We can't continue to give him those keys. We have to hold on to them because they are so precious. We have dominion. We rule this. We've been given authority through Jesus. And then we've been given the order to do. So, another, going into verse 12, 7. And and this is why I, like the Lord, when, when, when Pastor Jeremy had texted me about coming here, the first, the, the first thing that came to my mind, and I knew it had to be the Holy Spirit, it says, new life, new you. And this is where it lives. So we've gone through all the bad things. And you're, you're like, okay, man, you've hit me with everything that I shouldn't do. But what should I do? Good question. Here it is. Verse 12 through 17. Willingness is the key to obedience. I don't care if you get anything else today. Willingness is the key to obedience. And why do I say that? It says, therefore. So anytime... That you're in the Bible and you see the word therefore, ask yourself, what is it there for? It's there for a reason. Okay? It says, therefore, as the elect of God, elected, you have been chosen. Chosen for a purpose. You are elected into this position. Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, Humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also. These people were holding a lot against other people. This is why Paul was, was pushing them and saying, you have to be different. You hold kingdom authority. You hold kingdom authority. Stop acting like people of this world and begin to act like you have some authority. I'm telling you. Listen, kings kings walk into a room knowing that they have authority. And you know what happens? Sons and daughters of the king do the same thing. They walk into a room with authority. Because they know there's nobody going to touch them. But when we walk into a room acting like we have no authority, the devil goes... I can take them. 
He has no authority and no backing for the king from the king. But then he looks over and goes, oh, sorry. He knows his authority. He knows his place. But he's still going to come after you. And he's going to eat everything you have. He's going to eat your lunch. And he's going to continue to do it. Because he's going to come back more and more and more. So, willingness is the key to obedience. Paul says put on. We have to be willing. I don't know about you guys. How many of you guys got dressed on your own this morning? Good, good, good. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the others, y'all can see me after that didn't raise your hand. Um, but when we were kids, what did we do? We, and parents, you, you dressed your kids, right? We got dressed by our parents. We were unwilling. A lot of us were like, oh, we don't want to put on that. We don't want to put on nice church clothes to go to church. Uh-uh. No, it, we were unwilling. We were forced, sometimes to extremes. But, you know, others, it was like we were forced to do it. But the older we got, there was, do you remember that point in your life where you're like, you know what, I can pick out my own clothes. You know, I, I can pick out my own clothes. And then next thing you know, you're, you're, you're wearing some weird shirt. You're wearing shorts with, you know, um, you know leggings up under it and, and rain boots. You know, and that's fine. It's absolutely fine. But you had to learn how to kind of dress yourself because eventually there was a style that had to go with it. And if that's still your style, that's fine too. Because that was your style that you decided. But... Over time, you were dressing yourself. But I'm telling you, if you went into work looking like that, they'd probably go, oh, okay. You had to mature. You had to mature. But as we got older, we reached an age where it became our choice to begin to dress ourselves, right? Yeah, because we had to do that. And Paul is speaking right here to mature Christians. He switched to baby Christians, telling them what to do and how to do it. But now he said, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk to the babies anymore. What we're going to do is I'm going to talk to the mature Christians. And how am I going to talk to the, the, the mature Christians and why? He said that they need to put on. Everybody say put on. Put on tender mercies. When's the last time you gave a tender mercy to somebody? You know, when's the last time you had kindness towards somebody? And I'm not talking about that you have to go in with a box of donuts to work every day. I'm talking about just saying something nice to that person that you don't like. When's the last time? If you can't remember when the last time it is, try it. When's the last time you put on a little bit of humility? When's the last time that you were able to say, I was wrong? Can you teach me how to do that? Because I don't know everything. When's the last time you come to the Lord with that? Meekness. Man, I love it. Sermon on the Mount. The meek shall inherit the earth. Think about that. Man, God's not looking for somebody to be with a sword in his hand, taking heads. He's looking for somebody just to be meek. Why? Because that draws them to Christ. Draws them to him. And long-suffering. I know, I mean, there's, there's some people in here that's been, been in some long situations right now. There's some situations that that we have to suffer through. But you know what? It's what we have to do as Christians. Sometimes we have to suffer with that child that said to us, I'm going to go this alternative lifestyle. You may not like it. Still your child. But we pray and we pray. And I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up because you know what? It's going to turn. It's going to turn. It's either going to turn now or there's going to be another day where it's going to turn. And the revelation of God, because it, there's, there's, it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's going to turn. 
Here's the hard one. We must. Everybody say must. Must forgive one another. Let me say that again for people that didn't hear it back there. We must forgive one another. Christ forgave us. He forgave us and you're ugly. He forgave you in the ugly that you haven't even done. He saw your ugly 10 years from now. He saw that moment that you're going to slip up and have that covetous spirit. He saw it. And he still chose, I'm going to die and spill my blood. Yeah. Willingly. What? Willingly, willingness is the key to obedience. Yeah. He was obedient to the Father. Unforgiveness. Listen. Uh, oh. Unforgiveness in our hearts will keep us out of the will and righteousness of the Father and will ultimately keep us out of heaven. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You won't. Unforgiveness separates us from the Father because he calls us to forgive. It's hurtful. I mean, this is the one that I connected with the most. I'm like, I'm sitting here going back through my, like, you know, I mean, I'm going to tell my age again. Going back to that Rolodex. You know, who haven't, have I forgiven someone? Have I not forgiven someone? Am I good with folks? You can't, you can't worry about what they think. Okay? It's about have you forgiven them. God will do the rest. It's not up to you. He just asks you to forgive. To forgive them. Whether it's in person or in your heart, let it go. Stop holding on to it. It's a key. That is a key that will keep you from the gifts that God has for you. Just a few more things. If y'all want to, come on. It's important that we put the word of God in our heart and keep him there. And when I say the word, John, John said... In the beginning was the Word. Yes. Yeah. And the Word was with God. Yeah. The Word is Jesus. We must put Him in our heart yeah. and keep Him there. Yeah. Keep Him there. What does that mean? There is a chance that we can lose it. Yeah. It says we must keep Him there. We can lose it. Yeah. This is not a once saved, always saved. You can't act like... You can't act like a Christian on Sunday and act like hell on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and Saturday. You can lose it. And what that does is the more that you release and the more that you get rid of Jesus in your heart and the more that you open up, the more the devil's going to pour stuff in. So are you overflowing with Jesus or are you overflowing with, with Satan? There's no other way. You have a choice. We must seek him in everything we do, the things above, the decisions, our songs, our actions, everything, we must seek Him. I just heard a new country song. It's, it's funny. It says, I only talk to God when I need a favor. A man who grew up in church it says, I only talk to God when I need a favor. Are you talking to God today like only when you need a favor? Is it when you get into the bad times that you're like, oh God, oh God, this, oh Lord, I'm sick. I've got a sinus infection. I need your help. I need your healing. Or are you calling out to him on a regular basis? Are you calling out to him when your bank account has a hundred bucks left in it? Or are you calling out to him when it has tens of thousands in it? There's a difference. There's a difference. We must sing new songs, guys. Get into that place with God where your heart can sing a new song. It doesn't have to be these worship songs that have been written. Speak. Open your mouth and watch what comes out. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. 
When we, when we concentrate on things of above, we speak things of above. We begin to say what is in heaven. We, and, and the Bible even goes back to say that what we say on earth will be loosed in heaven. And what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We have authority, people. Start beginning to speak that. Start beginning to let this come from here. Out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Or we must have grace in our hearts for one another and not let people tear us apart. Guys, America, we are in a place right now where the enemy is doing this. It is separating. And I, I'm not, I'm not being, y'all see it. I'm not telling you nothing you don't know. God is separating families. The devil, I'm sorry, the devil is separating families. It's separating couples. It's separating marriages. He's separating, he's separating children from, from families. He's separating relationships that we've had years and years and years and years and years. He's separating. Why? Because he's come to still kill and destroy. He doesn't want us together because what? when we're together, what do we do? We kill him. We destroy him. And that's where we are today is I don't care what the color of your skin is. We are all children of God. Every single one of us were made in the image of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We were made in His image. So that means I don't care what happens. If any one of us in this room gets cut, we bleed red. No matter what's on the outside. Sure, we may not see eye to eye, but you know one thing that we can't agree on? Christ is our Lord and Savior. That's the one thing that I know that I can agree on with somebody. And if you don't see it that way, that's okay too. But eventually, your knee will bow. You can either listen to me now or not here at all. But one day, I'm not going to be the one you're going to stand before. So I say, we're all children of God, and no matter the color of our skin, the clothes we wear, the house we live in, the car we drive, the neighborhood that we come from, the past that we have, the church we attend. Listen, the church is so divided right now. It is time for the church. And I'm not talking about this church and the Baptist church and the Methodist church and the Episcopal. I'm talking about the church that Jesus talked about, which was the church. He told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Oh, the gates of hell will not prevail. They're not going to prevail. He said it. Church, we win. It's time that we learn that we win. It's time that we stop sitting here and thinking that we're not winning. We're winning. I don't care what the news media says. It's louder. It's, it's just like Elijah in the cave. God was all in this stuff. It was, I'm not in the wind. I'm not in the tornado. I'm not in the fire, but I'm in the still small voice. He's quiet because he knows he wins. We win. He doesn't need to be loud. It says in the end, it says in 1 Thessalonians that he's going to come back with the trump, trump, trumpets. I think it's, he's getting ready. Y'all go ahead and stand with me. And I'm gonna, we're going to finish this out, but he's getting ready. I, I, told, I told my wife the other day that I think the demons of hell are looking towards the eastern skies and are beginning to see. There's no biblical basis on this. This is nothing. But I'm saying this is what I imagine is happening. Because right now there's so much turmoil in our times that I believe that the demons of hell are looking up towards that eastern sky going, oh no, the angels are forming. <laughs> the angels are forming. They're, we know what's coming for us. Even it said it in the temple. He, the demons yelled at Jesus and said, why do you come to torment before our time? They have a time. They don't know it, but they have a time and they're struggling right now. They're, they're running hard. So they're going to attack you, they're going to attack your family, they're going to attack everything that they can. They're going to come after you. But are we putting off 
the things that are keeping people from that? Are we putting off what are keeping people's family from going to Christ? So, I'm just going to open this up. I mean, this is it's one of those things. It, if you feel like that you have never given your life to Christ, if you've never accepted Christ, and I'm going to ask Rachel and can you help too? I'm going to ask those pastors to come down. And, and if you haven't accepted Christ, I want you to come here. I want you to talk with them because it's important. It's important. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm, you may walk out here on this street right now, get in your car, walk out, and bam, it's done. What then? What then? You're going to be, you know, are you going to be saying, I wish I would have? No, you're not even going to have time. You're not even going to have time. So take an opportunity. We're giving you an opportunity. If you have already, that's awesome. If you're this more mature Christian and you have all this stuff on you, if you have anger, you have wrath, you have malice, you have blasphemy, you have filthy language in your mouth, then come down here. Come here. If you want to be delivered of it, come here. Because I'm telling you, there is, there is a flowing right here. There's an anointing that flows right here. It's not back there. This is an altar of God for a reason. It flows. So, I'm going to open it up now. If either one of those are you, come. Come, take this opportunity.